Hello and welcome to this episode of the AF Mentors Podcast, Finance Friday edition, which is actually on Saturday because um, Kimberly's been ill and then I had the longest MRI appointment ever yesterday, which is very inefficient. Um, yeah. Is it a full, full body? Oh, no, no. I've, it just, I've never I had went one. In, I, my appointment was meant to be at 3.15 and I went in and they were like, we're running a little bit late. But there's this big sign in the waiting room saying, if you've been here for 20 minutes, go and speak to reception, right? Yeah, and I'd been there for an hour. <laughs> no, I know. Been there for an hour and they were like, oh, we still don't know. Like, And then I kind of realised, oh, they've outsourced the MRI. So, like, you're in the hospital, but then this man came to get me. And do you know what annoyed me quite a lot is he just sort of dawdled along <laughs> and then, like, was, like, walking so slowly on the way back outside as well. I was like, where are we... I was trying to walk in front, in front of him, even though I didn't know where I was going. I was like, can we, <laughs> you know, go with some kind of haste to, like... Anyway, so we get outside, and it's, like, one of those... They... Like, portable hut things. No! Yeah, so it's, like, the back <laughs> of a big truck that's just been left. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a... Yeah. Like a shipping container, right? So you're in this kind of shipping container... And then blah blah blah, whole lot MRI thing. But then there was this issue that I had my the top of my ear pierced, but I didn't realise that it's like the way she's put it in there is no, you can't take it out. I'm gonna have well, to is go it into the hoop. Is it a hoop? Yeah, it's a hoop, but it's like there's no there's no way like, of taking it out. So then I was like, is there any way we can like clip this off or something? Anyway, it turns out it's not magnetic, so that wasn't a problem. But they said to me, and there was also a bit of a language barrier, not because they were very Scottish, but, but I think <laughs> the guy was not from the UK. And, and anyway, he just kept saying, if it gets hot, tell me. And then weirdly, and this must have just been some strange coincidence, that ear got so hot and it was like no, visibly... No, that is your self-fulfilling prophecy. That is exactly <laughs> what we talked about last week. <laughs> exactly. Like... But it was, like, visibly really hot. And I was like, what about the other one? They were like, no, it's not at all. Like, it, mu- it must be something to do with the MRI, right? And so then a nurse came in and was like, the MRI's not even on. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay, so it must be fine. And they're like, yeah, it's not magnetic, because we checked with the magnet. And the MRI isn't even on, so you must just have a hot ear. And I was like, right, okay, let's, like, get this show on the road. And then, but he'd already put, so he needs to put this dye in. So he'd already put... Um, like the what are they called can he put a cannula in my arm and then he took it out because he was like well we definitely can't do it because your ear's so hot <laughs> and then <laughs> so then he had to put it back in oh and that was a total nightmare and anyway then i finally got on with the mri but i was like that it t-, and then i got out and i i had a podcast i was meant to do a podcast yesterday with Shah, and it was meant to be at 4 30 which i which was cutting it relatively fine. So I was like, let's say five, right, which gave me an hour and a half for an MRI. No, no, I didn't get back home till like 7 p.m. <gasps> I know. Oh. Wild. That's, um, that's too long. Yeah. That's, and especially, they could have just driven the portable MRI They could have just rocked up outside. You. I know. You should suggest that to them. <laughs> Have you considered? But it did really put me off, like, oh, this was actually the best part as well. They didn't... So, like, I used to do phlebotomy, right? And you'd always have everything set up exactly because you've only got two hands, so you need to know where things are and to make sure you... He hadn't set anything up, right? And then he decided to do the other arm this time. So he was on the other side of the MRI machine. But he just used my body as a table. (laughs) (laughs) To 
because of where he was, he um he had things balancing. Like I don't even know how to. Do, I mean, I guess it's your pubic bone, right? But like on my vagina, that's had, like, stuff. And then we're just like picking stuff up, and I was like, "You are literally touching." There's it was so bad. And then he just placed of... my hand on top of my vagina and then was like trying to, uh, at the end he was like trying to take off the cell tape and I was like you are literally just feeling me but okay was it the same dawdly man that had walked you yeah yeah to the same cabin? man same same no haste whatsoever oh man. no yeah he's having time of his life he's like come on yeah, in Blondie living his best life <laughs> anyway so that was that and you you had a failed trip didn't you I had a failed trip. Um, my suitcase is still packed behind me. Do you know what was the worst thing? Is I woke up, I didn't go away. I booked a flight. It got to, I had four hours before I had to travel that I could cancel. And it got to like four hours and three minutes. And I was like, Kimberly, nobody wants to vomit in an airport. Cancel your flight. So flight got cancelled. The worst part of it, I think, was waking up in like the middle of the night to be sick and seeing my suitcase and I thought, if I had a bit more energy, I'd kick you. Yeah. I was like, you're just mocking me. And it's, it's still sat there fully packed as if I'm leaving anytime soon. Um, but my reframe is anything that I... Firstly, actually, I didn't use travel insurance, but get travel insurance. Um, and always book refundable stuff um, mm-hmm. because I didn't lose any money. Just pride. And um, my reframe is everything that was on my list that I was going to do, I'm just going to do it here. Like, I will go at some point, but the stuff I was going to do wasn't, like, like integral to that country. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to do it here and then go when I'm better. But, yeah, free... I always think free cancellation. You're like, oh, it's more expensive, but just book it in case you're going to be sick at the airport. Oh, one of my biggest fears is being unwell traveling. Horrendous. I have so bad. I Amelia told me this story about Ill. like a whole. She said that one of her friends was at a resort and they all got norovirus. And then obviously they all came back on the same flight. And I was like, <gasps> that genuine. I couldn't. I don't know if I could think of things that would be much worse than that. Like, not only do you feel so sick, like it's almost livable when you're the only one who's unwell. Because then at least yeah. you can, like, just use the toilet yourself. You know, like, imagine there's, yeah. like, queues of people and you're going to be sick and, like, other people are being no. sick and, oh. No, I was unwell on the flight back from Qatar to Manila last year. And I got on and I was absolutely fine. And then whatever I ate for my first meal made me Ooh. really unwell. And then they kept, like, the the... I don't know, the cabin crew was so kind. They obviously thought I just didn't like the food, so they kept bringing me, like, more and more food. And I'm like, no, like, I really, really, really don't want anything. And they'd be like, how about some fish? And you're like, no, no, thank you. And, like, was so oh, kind. No. They just kept bringing me more food. And I was like, like please, I just I just want to go to sleep. Like, But then I got to the point where you're like, it's what, I, I don't know, nine-hour flight. I just want to get off. Like, yeah. I'm done now. And so I just, yesterday, I was like, there's no, I really want to go. And I was like, you're just being a baby. Like, it's mind over matter. And so it's, it's physically not mind over matter. Um, and my husband said to me, like, could you even, he's like, you're thinking about the flight in four hours time. Could you even get in a car right now to go to the airport? And I was like, 
I couldn't even get in the lift to go downstairs. Oh, no. So, no, it's cancelled, but for free. So, it's fine. It's not the end I of the world. I also had a similar discussion with, well, not quite this, but when you were saying about the reframe of, like, hey, you can do all this stuff here. I was talking to my mum yesterday because she took me to the MRI, which I'm sure she now regrets how long it <laughs> took. But anyway, which was lovely of her. But we were chatting in the car after, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go away um, in February. Then we were kind of talking about where and blah, 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 blah. And then she was like, you know, like, I guess the whole point is like, it often feels like the grass is always greener, right? It's like, she was like, but you don't, and I think part of this was a discussion that we had, now I remember it. So I'd watched something on like uh, YouTube shorts the other day. And you know how you'll normally see, it'll be someone that goes up to like, I don't know, an 80 year old man and they'll say, what are your biggest regrets of life? And they'll be like, oh, I should have worried less about this. I should have spent more time doing this. I should have worked less. I should have... And it, it hits, right? But it doesn't hit that much because I can't even envision being that age. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't even know. And actually, realistically, when you look back like that, when they were 30, life was very different. So there's all yeah. these kind of like, yeah, like... It's useful, it makes you think, but it doesn't make you think that much. This this video I watched was a 40-year-old. So they asked a 40-year-old, what what would you say to your 30-year-old self? Nice. And that and it was the same kind of stuff. It was like, you know, stop worrying so much about this, like go and go and travel, go and do all the things you want to do, like don't worry so much about making money, like blah blah blah. blah. All this kind of stuff. And I was like, what and I was telling my mom and I was like that really like I'm worried about regretting like I'm worried about regretting not doing things and anyway she was kind of like no I didn't believe in that she's like I don't believe in regret and I was like well yeah that's kind of my point like I I don't want to regret so I want to be aware of that now so that I make choices that I won't regret she was just like no I don't really I don't really believe in that and then I was like that's partly why I want to go traveling and stuff and she's like I don't know she just sort of saw the other side of it and was kind of like but if you're happy here and you're settled here and you're enjoying your life and you're doing what you want to do and you're building something you love and like why do you need to go somewhere else I do I agree I, I like the idea of not mm. regretting like I'm already regretting things I've not done like and that's when I, I think of that stuff and I think oh no I like I think I'll regret that um, and it's almost like a, it's not a particularly positive way to live your life of what if I do this and I regret it? What if I don't do this and I regret it? Um, and I wonder if, I, I do wonder if in like, even like five years time, if you look back on stuff and regret things, like I quite often look back, oh my God, how long? I want to say 15, but it's definitely more than 15 years ago, of probably 15, of not going to uni. And I look mm. at other people and I'm like, the only reason I regret it is because we'll quite like to have a degree. And other people, talk, when I'm with people and they talk about, oh, yeah, I went to this uni and blah, blah, blah. And part of me is like, guys, it's 15 years ago, get over it. But I always just sit there like, oh, sounds really fun. Um, and so I actually do regret that. Would my life be any different now? Who knows? It might be completely different. It might be basically exactly the same. Um, but I do think from, from a travel point of view, so I had obviously a lot of time in the UK, four years in Dubai, and now I'm into my second year in the Philippines. And what I'm considering, I would say those three countries are very different. Like they're kind of different in, apart from the fact I have lived there, there's almost no similarity in any of <laughs> yeah. them. Um, 
And I do think there's, and this is maybe a bit sad, but there's part of it that however you feel and however you act now, it's probably going to be the same. Like, I'm still the same person that I was in Dubai and I'm still the same person that I was in the UK. But I think we move with these, like, grand plans of I'm going to change this, I'm going to be like this. I'm, and you, you don't become a different person. You just have a different phone number. You just di- live in a different country. And have I you heard think- that saying? And it's wherever you are, there you are. And it's like, you can't, I no, guess it's I like kind of it. like, you can't run from your problems, right? Like, yeah. And then I felt like that, like, I've done a fair amount of traveling the last couple of years and genuinely I was just as happy there as I am here. Like when Amelia's here, like I, I realized it was like people over places. Like, yeah, it's great yeah. traveling, partly because I'm normally with Amelia and we have a great time. Yeah. And sure, there's amazing experiences and it's really nice to be in the sun, but yeah, like it's not, it's not all that. Like you can have all that wherever you are and life is so much what you make it, not where you are yeah and i think when you do like the perfect repeatable day like me and dan will go for coffee wherever we are like whether on holiday or in the uk or in the philippines or in dubai like that's just like what we like to do so we'll we'll go and do it anywhere where it's not like oh now we live in the philippines now we do filipino stuff like you just do like your similar-ish thing in a new location which which is kind of a good thing because it means that you like what you do and i guess it's a great way to move countries and I guess like have a bit of a reassess of actually do you know what I don't like being cold or I actually I don't really like going out for coffee so I'm not going to do it I'm going to do this instead so I think that like as we were talking about before like the pattern interrupt can be really good as a quick reassessment but I have also realized in the past two days you can also do that at home and Mm. go do you know what I actually don't like doing this or I need more attention on this like I was like oh I'm going to go to Bali I'm going to start doing yoga guess what can actually do yoga here as well. Um, Shocking, actually, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I think, like, you just fill your day with crap a lot of the time when you're in your own routine. So being in a different routine, then, like you say, you can make different choices around that. I think re-regret, like, I, I genuinely don't regret anything, even though there's loads of things I've done that, like, have technically been failures or I'm like, oh, that was a bit of a mistake, but it got me here, right? And I think same with yeah. you. It's like, actually... If you had gone to uni, things might have looked very different for you. Might have been better, might have been worse, Like, you, but you don't know. But if you're happy here, like, who cares? Yeah, And then I think agree. the one thing I will say that really helped me with travelling, but again, doesn't necessarily mean you have to travel, and I think we've created amazingly in AFM, is surrounding yourself with people that don't have glass ceilings. So I had a conversation mm-hmm. the other day with a personal trainer around here, small town mentality and like kind of like you can tell just huge glass ceilings of what's possible and actually if everyone else is only doing that as well like you you don't push yourself further like I was talking to Jordan about this and he's like yeah there's this analogy people always use of crickets like jumping in a uh jumping in a glass with like a top on it and they never jump out of the glass because they're so used to there being a top but actually when you take the top off they still don't jump any higher well there's another analogy that people use is a baby elephant like baby elephants get a little rope tied around their foot and and a peg stuck into the ground now when they're a baby that's enough to stop them moving but when they're an adult they could obviously literally just flick their foot and that would pull out of the ground because they're so huge and strong but they don't and it's like that glass ceiling of like, oh, well, that's what's expected. I don't even try to push beyond that. And you see it all the time with 
kind of small town type mentality or like personal trainers who do, like don't realize what is possible and when you surround yourself with people who are doing incredible things it makes you level up and one thing that did that for me was I mean Hannah always does this to me one of my clients Dr. Hannah Ritchie incredible right but and she's so humble with this but she kind of dropped into a conversation once that she did her PhD in six months which is like unthinkable right they had to actually change at Edinburgh Uni they had to change like the rules around when you could graduate for her because normally it takes three to four years to do a PhD she did it in six months that's such an impressive legacy like that's insane mad right and when you google it it comes up with a little article of like how Edinburgh Uni had to change their their policies and stuff so I mean that's incredible do I want to do a PhD fuck no absolutely not but it still blew my like glass ceilings I noticed it like had an impact I was like wow you expect that that's like not possible I'd be like well if I want to do a PhD it will have to take three or four years minimum Mm -hmm. some people it takes even longer than that but actually that's not true and it's not true for other things as well like oh if I wanted to build a big business it would have to take this long or I'd have to do it this way or I'd have to you know and you're like that's absolutely not true and when you see other people do it it kind of broadens your horizons to what's possible even if it's not necessarily in the domain you want that's why I use Hannah as an example because I'm like I don't want to do that but it does make me think hey what could I do yeah all right, should we get on to the topic that we want to talk about today? Let's do it. Um, I was going to talk about a couple of things that I'd noticed from AFM calls, but I actually think... Well, actually, no, I'll just... I'll, I'll share this because I think it was quite useful. But I noticed in the last couple of weeks of doing one-to-one calls that there is no real correlation between scarcity mindset, imposter syndrome, and your business or financial success. So like I have the same discussions with people who are getting their first client versus people who are getting their 60th client or people who are like working towards earning their first thousand pounds a month or who are earning like consistently 10K a month. And it's, okay. it's interesting that like you still have these same conversations. And the, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because those feelings will follow you, especially things like imposter syndrome, partly because you're pushing yourself right and it's actually a good sign of growth like hey if you don't feel like a little bit scared about the next step or like you're an imposter or like you're really pushing yourself out your comfort zone and you don't have these I guess like concerns about those kind of things then you're probably not pushing yourself enough and to think that at some point that will stop isn't the case do you think do you think it ever stops? Do you think, or do you think that's when you stop? Like, is it, if, it, because you care about your business and you care about your clients and you want to do the right things for them, will you, do you think you'll always, like, will you always have that same level of, like, not anxiety around it, but worry of, okay, you know, or is it just a good thing to be constantly thinking, you know, these people might drop off soon, so I need to, you know, I need to get the next three? Or do you think there comes a point where, or is it, I don't know if it's the, maybe almost like an, not an I don't want to say arrogant side, but where you're like, mm, there'll always be another client. Like, do you think there's a, is it justified for somebody that's trying to get their 60th client or their, you know, 11th thousand pound? Is it justified to have the same mindset around that? 
I don't know if it's justified, but actually this quite nicely links into what we did want to talk about. Because I I still hate losing clients, right? Mm-hmm. And I have loads of clients. And just by numbers, I'm going to lose loads of clients as well, right? And, like, Chloe was always good at reminding me of this. Like, when we first... In fact, normally when we launch the EC method, there'll be one or two clients who it's just not for. So within two weeks, they'll ask for a refund. Now, that used to be one or two clients, and now it's like three or four. And I remember saying to Chloe, like, this is becoming a bit of a problem. Like, why are people not enjoying it? And, like, bear in mind, this is three or four people out of 600 who it's not for. And she, she just reminded me that simple fact of, yeah, well, we used to get 200 people so you know one or two percent of that was like a couple of people now we get 600 that same percentage is going to be more people and i was like wow like i know that's so obvious and so simple but i'm still like oh no but we we're having more people say that they don't like it that's a problem it's like no there will always be a percentage that it's not quite right for and then back to my point like i think no matter at what level you're you're at it still hurts losing the client because you still think, oh, like, what if I could have done more for that person? Or maybe it's something about me. And we've had this with a couple of AFM people recently, like how how to deal with that feeling of mm-hmm. a client leaves. And I think the one thing I really wanted to hammer home, because sometimes, like, especially when there's the coincidental, coincidental period where you might get two clients leave in a week, or even two clients leave in a day, and you're like, something's ha- like something's wrong with the business, like something's wrong with my service, but actually it's a coincidence. However, that coincidence can become real if you let it spiral, right? So for example, I have two clients leave. I think, oh, everything's going to shit. I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel good about my coaching. I go on a live, someone asks me a question, I'm already in a bad mood, so I'm kind of like, oh, I don't really know the answer. And then I kind of fumble and then I'm kind of like, oh, this is... Fr-. And then I'm not showing up as well. And then people are a bit like, hmm, not quite as like confident and happy as she normally is. Like, then that does start to impact my business, right? So then mm-hmm. after that live, hey, less people view it or less people message me after or I'm getting into less conversations because of how I'm showing up. And then less people join my business. And then also for the clients I do have already, I'm showing up not as good on that because also I'm like oh god like this isn't quite working I'm and because of my mood I don't show up as well which means they're kind of like yeah I used to get a lot from these and I used to find them really motivating but now just seems like she's a bit stressed and doesn't really want to be here I might actually just cancel my membership as well and then that does become a problem right and then there is a problem there and the problem is you but the problem comes from your reaction to those two people leaving right the spiral effect of that i think i think it is true i think it's really hard because i think if you i was good i was thinking in my head well it's different if you sell a product but if you make that product yourself and you sell it it isn't different and it probably isn't even any different in the corporate world if you are an account manager and you have clients and then they decide to take their business elsewhere or they just don't want to work with you anymore like it hurts like it's human nature to take that personally like if anybody if any of my clients turned around and said i'm leaving well i would just say goodbye but you would you would go oh that's that's but that's my work forever now anyway (laughs) 
<laughs> Whatever, I didn't like you anyway. Um, could you imagine? Um, it's, it, it, I guess, especially with like AFM people. So you've made a product, generally from scratch, that you have, that you deliver. And even for, and we all do it, for every 99 people that say, this was amazing, or you've changed my life, or I've got these results. You're always going to get one person that's like, eh, didn't really like it. Because you are. And there's that, and I think, I feel like you've said this before, and I'm going to, I can't really remember the saying, but it's something like you can make the tastiest steak ever, but if someone's a vegetarian, they're never going to think it's the tastiest steak. And you're not going to be, I guess your service isn't going to be for everybody. Like you say, you have, like, for the EC Method podcast, like, you could not give more on that, of an, more of an insight into what the program is like. Like, I'm sure people just follow it along and can get results okay you're not in the community and you don't get you don't get everything that goes with it but you as a marketing perspective you give so much in that and there's so much access to you and chloe that it's kind of not mind-blowing but it's bizarre that people they are going to join and i assume from that it's the overwhelm of the group or the realization of oh actually i 7,000 calories a day, I don't want to do this, or whatever it is, or these workouts look really hard, they're not for me, and instead of reaching out for help, you know, then they just, it's just easier to go, I just don't want to do it, it's not for me. Actually, on this point, I think that's really useful, so from, and I don't have the exact data on this, but I don't think anybody joins after listening to the podcast and then decides it's not for them, because as you say, you have such an insight into how Chloe and I are, how we coach, what you're going to get, what the experience is, and this is where I think sometimes things like running ads doesn't work particularly yeah. well right so because you will get someone come in who's like oh I had a completely different expectation of this or I didn't really yeah. know you already so that's harder and I think similar with I was talking to one of the AFM coaches about sales calls and I get away with having like no scripts no like you know I literally just chat to people for 15 minutes and I'm like yeah I think I can help you or no I don't think I can I don't think I'd probably be able to get away with that unless, and I know for a fact that 90% of people that book a call with me have listened to probably over 500 hours of me talking. So yeah. they know me, like they know me, yeah. like, it's, and they're always like, oh, it's a bit weird hearing you on the phone, like I listen to the podcast, <laughs> right? So you're like, you already know what you're going to get here. You know me very well. And all you want to know is like, oh, exactly how does this work? And given my specific situation, do you think you can help me? Mm-hmm. That's very different than like someone who's cold, who's never come across you before, but has seen an ad on Instagram that says the EC method will help you stop yo-yo dieting. That's a totally different, like you, you haven't kind of like created a relationship with that person yet. So yeah. they're a much harder, not only a harder sell, but a harder like conversion once they're kind of in the business as well, because they don't know what to expect. Yeah, I think they come in, I think people, and if we use that example, coming with much higher expectations of if you, if people have don't know you and don't know, you know what the program's about, like almost much higher expectations of I've given you this money now give me everything I want to know exactly what I'm doing. Whereas I think probably people that have listened to you know all the podcasts, some people probably twice. Um, that's a lot of hours. Um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> I've got one listener in the Philippines. It's me. <laughs> um, that you, you. I, I guess you know what to expect more because you probably listen to the 
like the intake podcast so you know a mm. bit more and even if it, it's different because you've joined you go with an expectation which again it's not why we're going to talk about this but it links to why it's so important to do you know hours and hours and hours of podcasting and showing up on live so you've already sold the program and people already feel like they know you and then it's not even a are you ready to invest it's like a i'm ready to invest now so i already know what i'm getting i don't need an explanation it means you don't have to jump on a sales call with somebody and sell it anything mm-hmm. um and it's i guess it's having the like showing up and having the confidence of i'm going to do another podcast because lots of people are asking questions about this or i'm a i think you know this message isn't getting through just to get not just to get more hours of content but to answer the questions over and over again as you do. And I guess it's really hard. Say when you're doing a podcast and you have a list of maybe like 20 different podcasts that you want to do and a bit like social media posts, you could like, I think people get to the end of it and they're like, Oh, I don't know what else to talk about. Well, just go back to the first one because it's, that's, it's the same thing. And there's always new people starting and following you and finding you and saying things in different ways. And I guess, Oh, that's such a good point. I wonder if you just had, like, if you had a list of 20 of the most common topics and you just posted about them consistently, like, or say you had 30, so you had a 30-day cycle. Yeah. And you just worked through them again and again. You'd never have to come up with with an idea for a social media post ever again. Well, I, this is going to sound really arrogant. I went to look back at, like, my own social media from, like, this time last year, and I'd done a post every day in January, something different financial-related. And I was like, oh, I don't know what to do for this year. And I was like, oh, th- just this. Because it still applies. Like, yeah, it's, it's evergreen. Same with, like, it's the same it's, stuff. It's the yeah. same stuff. Like, nobody's talking about anything unless you're an, a news reporter. Or that, oh, this happened this morning. It's, nothing's breaking news. Like, get a pension. Like, it's not breaking news. Like, yeah. I could have told you that 10 years ago. I'll still tell you that in 10 years' time. And it's the same with your content. And I guess maybe saying the same messages over and over again in slightly different ways also then builds up your own confidence. And even the people that have left or gone, oh, that's not for me, and, you know, they're not really your target audience anymore. They've gone, fine. But they might go actually, now you've said it this way, that does make sense to me. And I, I, I do, you know, want to come back and I do want to invest. And I think it's the kind of, I think it's really hard to not take it personally when somebody leaves. And I don't think it's, I don't think you, you know, don't have to take it personally. I think kind of going, okay, these people have left. This is a great opportunity to try and get some feedback. Amazing. And see what didn't work for them because they might give you feedback and you go okay i'm never going to change that i really like it everybody else on my program loves it that's fine and kind of it has to be a little and bit know that you get yeah, like you said you can't you can't please everyone like yeah the whole steak example is so good it's like you know you can make the best steak in the world someone doesn't like steak they're not gonna like it like yeah and and you're not trying to sell them steak like you're not trying to sell to everyone someone comes to your program they're like you know, if someone comes to the EC method and they're like, oh, I, I actually think I'd much prefer having one-to-one coaching, I'm like, cool. That's not what the EC method is. So, like, I'm not going to change the EC method for that, but yeah. there is that option. Obviously, you would have to pay more for that. Like, it's a different service, right? Yeah. Another, like, on the note of, like, producing a lot of content, I had a conversation with um, another coach on AFM, and he he had in his like list of questions for me that day and it actually came from his partner but it said 
um, it was along the lines of it said something like, "Have you always been this ruthless?" To and you? I was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Oh, like what? Like what do you mean by that?" And he was like, "So we discussed things." And he he says, you know, he he uses a VA to kind of catch up with people and like. You know, if they've had a discussion, then like a couple of weeks later, they'll go and check in. And if they've vaguely mentioned they're interested in coaching, like they'll go back and be like, do you want to start now? Or like, like try and, I guess, like nurture leads, which I would recommend people do in the right ways. But I don't. Right. And I'm very much like, well, if you want to work with me, I mean, like Chloe and I are awful. Like sometimes we're like, yeah, like you'll need to actually find the link because we haven't put it on the website for some reason. And like people will go out of their way to be like, hey, you said the EC method was open on the podcast, but I can't find the link for it. Like and then like I'm like, all oh, right, you've actually worked quite hard to join this program. Like I'm keen for that. But what I don't do if someone's been like, oh, I'm really interested in joining. I don't follow those people up if they then don't join so Mm -hmm. one which i i think for most people is a very good idea but it probably does mean that the people that want to join have made you know the minimal effort and remember that fat loss is going to require a lot of effort but the minimal effort to go to the website and actually sign up rather than me chase them like i don't want people that i need to chase because i don't think they're going to get results like you're going to have to want it same with afm like i never I mean, even the people that have paid me deposits, I'm like, yeah, you come to me when you're ready to start. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to chase you to start this because it's never going to work that way. Like, you need to put in a lot of effort if you want to get results here. And it's going to start here. And same with things like check-ins, like setting that expectation from the start. Like, I will not chase you for a check-in. Like, it is your opportunity to talk to me that week, to review your week. Like, that's really important. I'm not going to chase you for it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's your responsibility. Same with signups. Like, I just think if you're pushing people too much, you're chasing people too much, you're not going to get the right people in the right headspace to make change. And, like, behavior change is hard and it needs to come, you know, with the right support. But from that person, they've got to want it enough to literally go on a website and click a button. Yeah. And I, I think, I feel like if you think, and I'll be honest, we are probably not the experts at this, but if you put it into terms of dating, <laughs> then. I don't know what you're like, talking about. <laughs> then like nobody wants somebody people like to feel sometimes a little bit chased but you're not going out with the person that's chased you you're gonna be like yeah you're keen whatever like but if you kind of if someone sent you a message about coaching and then you don't get back to them straight away and then it's like oh hold on a minute (laughs) firstly I think there's a little bit of a thing about she must be busy so that means Mm. she's good but I think there's something about I personally, as a potential client, do not want somebody sliding into my DMs like, hey, Kimby, how are you getting on with that fat loss goal? Like, I know where you are. Like, I'll come and find you when I'm ready to talk about it. But I guess some personality types kind of need somebody to... Because there'll be other things. If somebody... I don't know, say somebody was going to do something for me and I've completely forgotten about it. And then they even, and I'm like, oh, I actually, I was going to do that, but I've just completely forgot it. So yeah, I but feel you don't like... want to forget that, oh, sorry, I completely forgot I was going to change my whole lifestyle and lose body fat. Or like, I totally forgot that I was thinking about building a business. Like if I'm that forget, like if, if the goal is that forgettable, I'm like, it's not the right time yeah. for you. Yeah. Right? And I guess but that's I'm... why you need a super slick um, this is completely off topic, but a super slick, um, uh, super slick onboarding process. Because when people want fat loss or when people want to you know, 
10x their business and they're in the DMs and they're messaging you and they want to sign up, get that sign up link over, mm. get it done, get a really slick onboarding process and get, because people are then ready. You're like, I'm ready. I want to do this now. And then if you're like, yeah, let's book a call for next week. Like, no, no, no like they want, they're ready now. Get something in writing, get them ready because people have that like ridiculously high level of motivation. Like I feel so much better now than 48 hours ago when I was dying on the bathroom floor. That if anybody was like, Kimberly, do you want to do some yoga? I'd be like, yeah, I'll do some yoga right now. Obviously I've never done yoga before. It might be rubbish. <laughs> um, but it's kind of that, like most people, I don't think want to be chased. And I feel like, even if you're Checking especially in with somebody. not for fat loss, especially no, realistically that, for someone's it money It feels as well. like an attack. It feels like an attack of like Kimberly still eating. Yeah, well, it's not chocolate. just like it's not just the fat loss goal, or the, you know, whatever it doesn't have to be fat loss. Could be any goal, but it's also like you are technically chasing them to buy into your business. But I think yeah. the dating analogy is really good because actually, what you do want, like if you were dating someone, what you do want is when you message them for them to reply really keen, right? Which I always do both in a dating and a coaching sense. But I'm very I'm certainly not gonna double text. I'm certainly not gonna chase them. But if they're yeah. like, hey Emma, I wanna do something, oh yeah, I'd love to. Like I'm well up for that. Or like, hey, I'm interested in coaching. Oh great, like let's go. But I'm not gonna chase you for that. And I think I guess that's the difference. It's like when they show interest, support it, like but also the same with dating, right? You wouldn't want someone like Hey, sorry, just to text you for the third time. Um, <laughs> did you want to go on that date? It's like quite clearly not really. Let's be real. They would have made the effort before. And that third text certainly isn't going to help. And if they did want to do it, they'd come back to you and let you know. So, you know, you're welcome. For I, that advice. I wonder if, and I this, this data would probably not exist anywhere. The people that you've chased as a client for, that have signed up versus the people that just signed up by themselves, the like response rate to check-ins i would be quite interested mm. to see of if you've had to chase them in the first place are they are you are, are they then a chaser and they're not fully committed because they've kind of forgotten about it and then you slip back in they went all right i give you 100 pounds fine let's do it or the people that sign up that go i'm ready like give me everything i need to do and i want to do it do they follow the check-in process and follow the program and you would the date i mean you could never run that data but it would be quite interesting to see the difference. Mm. But I, I think showing, like you said, showing an interest and being interested is brilliant. But then yeah. like get on with the rest of your day and they know where you are. Like everybody's searchable. We're not meeting random people in, well, some people will be meeting random people in gyms, but if you work in the gym, the person knows where you work, literally. So, and on Instagram, you know, anybody as going back to the dating world, if anybody's ever tried to internet stalk anybody, it's very easy. So if somebody wants to find you, we're not guessing phone numbers anymore. Like it's not 1992. <laughs> everybody knows where you are, but they'll find you. Yeah. Yeah. And also let's hope we never have to date anybody. <laughs> oh God. Kimberly, I'm still single. Um, oh, but, but we'll get you through it. It's fine. We're just, yeah, we'll get, not, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, okay, so to wrap this this up, because what I really wanted to say is if you do get stuck in that spiral, a couple of things that will help is having someone to give you a pep talk at the right time. So, like, I always talk about how mentoring is a lot like coaching for your business. 
And you know how, as a coach, like actually hearing your coach be like, don't worry about the scale weight at exactly the right time is actually often Mm -hmm. the reason that you get results this time. Like instead of freaking out and overeating or freaking out and dropping your calories, you're like, okay, I had a bit of a pep talk with Emma. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with this like a couple of days and it'll be fine. And then, hey, presto, it is. And you keep making progress. The same is true with business. Like sometimes you just need someone to be like, hey, it's two clients. This is normal. Like, don't worry about it. It's a coincidence. You got feedback. They, they're moving house. Like, that's, you know, it's nothing on you. And you're doing all the right things. Don't let this negatively impact things going forward. And then even mm-hmm. pointing out some, like, wins. And look, like, you, you lost two clients, but actually last week you took on five. Like, it's not all bad. <laughs> like, let's let's see some perspective on this and how far you've come in the last, like, couple of months. Or let's read some, yeah, those, those two clients might have not got on with this, but look at these a hundred people that have given you amazing testimonials about your service mm-hmm. let's like boost your confidence a little bit with that and then you don't let one little blip spiral into what actually can really negatively impact your business mm-hmm. i would agree to all of i had that very same conversation with somebody this week and it like it it worked because the next day i did slide into their dear i didn't i whatsapp them um and checked in on them and they're like yeah i'm fine like it's fine. I've talked it through. I've had it. I've, I'm over it. Like it's, it's all good. And I do think, you know, sometimes it is going to be, it can always be a little bit like, ah, that's, I feel a bit annoyed or I feel a bit gutted or whatever, but you're right. There's always either use it to fuel how you're going to show up that day in a good way, or, you know, get some feedback. And I just think, especially this year and it's January and all that kind of stuff is going to happen, but it's going to happen whatever's happening regardless of the financial climate in whatever country that you live in this is is part of running a business it happens like i've worked with people and they're not worked with people and people have worked with me and they're not worked with me you can't take it you can't take it personally it's a bit like if you take every interview that you go for really personally like there might there might just be somebody better and i know that sounds really brutal but like we know from afm there's hundreds of really good coaches so somebody might be like do you know what actually i really resonate with that person or they're it it, it's part of life it's part of running a business and i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing sometimes people moving on you go okay that you know that wasn't for them i've taken on their feedback or i've not taken on their feedback there's like whole world out there of different people and i do think there's part of almost at the very start of like afm when you go through your niche and you know your business i think part of what helps all of this mindset is 100 percent believing in what you're doing because if you know what you're doing is the right thing and you know it's a brilliant service and you know it's a great price or a fair price then you won't have a problem with like if somebody says to me okay oh, you know what you're too expensive i'll go okay that's that's it's not a problem like that's i'm just not the person for you and that's because I, like, on most days, wholeheartedly believe in what I do. And I think knowing that kind of from the beginning, and if you, if, you know, and that's why, like, masterminds are really good. If you ever need, like, a bit of a reminder or am I doing the right thing or am I not doing the right thing or coaching calls or whatever you need, because you are running your own business. You're doing it all by yourself generally. And I think sometimes people, you know, a couple of people leaving in a week can throw you on a bit of a wobble. But if you know, like, you know, deep, especially like AFM people, you know, deep down the service you're offering is not sleazy. It's not a six week transformation. No, it's genuinely, like it's, it's, 
Yeah, like it's life changing for a lot of people. And yeah. I think you have to approach it of it is an opportunity for someone to work with you, not a cost. And yeah. I genuinely feel that about all the businesses I run. Like it is, I, I never feel like I'm selling something or like, I guess I never feel like I'm taking something from someone as in it costs them money, right? I'm like, this is worth so much more than the money you're about to pay for it. So it's an opportunity. 100%. Okay, I think that was amazing. Thank you very much for your time and your brain. And we will be back next week. Bye.